0: You're listening to the you Mentor Talk Show. Uh, this show is actually going to be hosted by me, myself, Fatima Al-Sayed, and Imran Durimzi. Um, It is a sort of a crossover, I would say, of the professional edition of the you Mentor Talk Show and the teen edition of the you Mentor Talk Show. So we're trying out a new format and hopefully this is more enjoyable for everyone.
1: Um, but First, before we get into that, we wanted to talk about the Inspire platform. Um, It is a new question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. Um, As a rising professional, you can ask for advice. um, And as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals and younger students. Um, And it's available via the Umoja app on Android and iOS. Okay, so um, as Fatima mentioned, today is a little bit of a special show. Um, Mm -hmm. We have an engineering panel. So our first guest...
0: Our first guest is going to be Zainab Spayte. Um She received her bachelor's in civil engineering in 2019 and started her first engineering job in September 2020, which is right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, as a visibly Muslim female, she is trying to pave the way for future generations on the construction field. Um, she has a very inspiring story, so we're very excited to hear it.
1: And our second guest for today is a student, Salman Bimji, a mechanical engineering student at Penn State University. Um, and he, his goal is to help the global community with his profession. Um, so he's also on the side working towards starting his own business and getting his private pilot's license. So we are looking forward to talking with him about all of that.
0: Assalamu alaikum, Zainab. How are you? Assalamu how are you guys? We're doing well. Um, Zena. before we start, can you tell us how you got into engineering?
2: Well, I always had a passion for math and physics. Mm-hmm. I know not usually <laughs> everyone's favorite, um, but I also had a creative side, which I actually like to pursue more as an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got—I was late into applying for university and turns out I need a portfolio in architecture. So I said, what the heck, i going to civil engineering.
0: That's cool. So it was sort of like, I don't have the ability to do this or the the patience to do this. So I'm just going <laughs> to apply to this instead.
2: Yeah. I was in a hurry to get in.
0: <laughs> so you um, um, studied, sorry, Imran, you studied uh, engineering <laughs> in Quebec. Can you tell us what, what went into the decision to go to school in Quebec?
2: Well, I was born in Quebec. So um, people born in Quebec get like special rate in university it's uh, much cheaper than the rest of Canada or the states and also my family was living back in Lebanon when I went to university and I so I decided to come back to Canada just because education is better Um, and I had family there so I didn't have any family in Toronto where I am now and I had family in Quebec and Montreal so I went to Montreal and I enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) So Sister Zainab um, what would you say was the hardest part of university for you?
2: the hardest part was was juggling all the courses mm-hmm. that you have to be prepared for so organization is something very major you have to have um, like you have to plan your your schedule like a week, at least a week in advance just to know all the things that you have to keep up with in terms of, of assignments, of exams, of midterms, all that. And I was living alone. So for those students that are living um, in dorms or something, well, right now it's things online, but generally um, that makes it much harder. You have to even plan like the rest of your life, your meals, your sleeping schedule, everything, because there's no one to help you out with that.
0: But we know that you your program was a little different because it didn't have the co-op part to it. Can you tell us um, why this was something that made it harder for you later on? Mm-hmm.
2: So because my university in Montreal has so many international students that go back home in the summer or are not fluent in, in French, which makes them hard which makes it harder for them to actually get um, an internship in the city. Uh, so in my program, co-op wasn't required. so I graduated without an internship or a co-op. And it made it so much harder because um, I didn't put so much emphasis because I didn't think it would be so important once I graduated to find a job. Like, what the hell? Um, I don't want to be late. I just want to graduate and I'll deal with everything later. And, you know, you're under so much pressure and stress to just do your exams and finish your semester. Um, But once I graduated without a co-op, because I don't have that experience and the field is so competitive, it just put me like much lower on the list of, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: of like people they actually want for their companies because there's so many students that actually did have experience throughout their university years and that just, those people stand out to companies that want to hire them.
1: Right. So um, that being said, how many jobs did you apply for?
2: Oh, man. So after, <laughs> I, got- <laughs> so after I got the job that I have now, Um, I was just cleaning out my inbox you know getting rid of things I Uh didn't need yeah and so you know how every time you apply to a job go like they send you an email like you've applied to this job or thank you for applying so I cleared out over 200 job applications Uh yeah now some of them were directly related to engineering and project coordination some of them were like like around the boundaries of that, you know, I just wanted mm-hmm. to get my foot in the door. I just wanted like someone to realize I'm there and then I get to prove myself and they see oh, I'm capable of doing this. So I was applying to anything and everything.
0: You mentioned that without experience and connections, it's very, very hard to get a job. So how did you actually create these connections for yourself? Because you did end up getting a job. So you're showing I- us that it's possible.
2: Yeah. So universities hold um, uh, job fairs, career fairs. If you're an engineering student or going to engineering, you will probably get emails about those or someone uh, in university will tell you about them. So Mm -hmm. those are important. Go to them. Uh, Have your CV ready. Even if you have no engineering experience on your CV, put um, jobs that uh, give you skills that these uh, recruiters are looking for. So that's one way to make connections, uh, make yourself noticeable to them, add them on LinkedIn so that you're just there. Uh, number two is I would just talk to people, like regular conversations. I'm a pretty social person, so I would talk to anyone and everyone that I feel is willing to talk. And um, so I'd be talking to them. It's a completely mm-hmm. random stranger sometimes. in my old mm-hmm. job, I used to work at a supermarket and it would be customers and we'd start talking and I tell them, oh, I graduated from engineering and then they would know someone that knows someone or like a family member and they would just be like, oh, here's my contact information, send me your, uh, your resume, send me an email, um, I'll help you get something. And then the right. third way right. is through either university friends or just life friends, they know someone that knows someone that's really close with someone that <laughs> can help you get hired. So those are my main three ways that I realize everyone has in common Um, and they're really important, but I don't wanna discourage anyone that doesn't really know anyone like that or isn't as um, outspoken about their education. Mm -hmm. Um, So another way would be is try to get an internship while you're in school, get that experience on your CV.
1: And so, what if you um, don't know exactly what you want to go into? How would you recommend creating connections and finding internships related mm-hmm. to, like, a field?
2: Oh, just like in general, not not to do with like, let's say,
1: or let's say you you don't know what kind of engineer you want to be, for example. How mm-hmm. would you go about creating connections?
2: Um, it's well, when you still haven't figured out what engineering you want to be. Like, you still don't mm-hmm. know what kind of connections you want to make. Uh, you generally have to figure out what kind of engineering you want to go into after the first year of university, after the first year that you take your general engineering courses. Um, that's a personal matter. You'd have to do your research. Mm-hmm. And you, you, like, yeah. their engineering's are very different. Like, okay, they're good at like math and science, uh, physics, but they're very different. Like, you will know if you want to go into electrical or mechanical or civil. Mm-hmm. you know, they're very different.
0: With trying to get an internship, um, what do you suggest uh, that people do? Wait until they're done um, with school and try to go for that internship or try to get it during school?
2: No, definitely during school. Mm-hmm. Definitely during school, career fairs help a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. if you feel like you're close to a professor or a professor likes you, approach them. Um, tell them, I'm trying to get um, I'm trying to get some experience. I want to uh, work in engineering for the summer. Do you have any connections or any way that you can help them in? Uh, most professors, if they actually see, like, they will be a very good, um, like, put in a good recommendation, and mm-hmm. you can probably get it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. So as you're in your current job, um, you're kind of paving the way for, um, like, Muslim women to go into um, civil engineering. So can you talk about that, like, the struggles of adjusting to the job?
2: Yeah. Um, so when I first started, I was on site just for training. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot just a disclaimer. Um, I know that this show started out saying I'm a civil engineer um just for legal reasons I'm a civil engineering graduate so I'm an engineer in training I'm not professionally mm-hmm. an engineer yet mm-hmm. I get my professional license after four years of experience and that's a whole other story <laughs> okay. um, anyway so. <laughs> but it's
0: important to raise which is nice that yeah. you actually raised that
2: yeah mm-hmm. so students in engineering should know that once they graduate it's not legal for them to call or like call themselves a civil engineer Put mm-hmm. that title like uh Uh, professionally. It's Mm -hmm. after four years, they do um, the exam of the province or state that they're in and then they get their official engineering license. Yeah. So my first uh, month and a half to two months on the job, I was at a construction site in Vaughan, Ontario. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really responsible for major things. I was just learning, helping out with little tasks and stuff until I get my own project. So on the construction site there, um, I think there was one other female that I saw maybe once every two weeks. She was just a site administrator. She worked in the office. Other wow. than that, it was all <laughs> it was all men. <laughs> uh, most of them were middle aged men and construct for the construction workers. Uh, most of them mm-hmm. came from from uh, rural it's parts urban, of yeah. the city. Yeah. Yeah. Farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Half of them yeah. owned farms and horses and chickens. Wow. <laughs>
0: So, so to them, did, they, did they know what, you know, what your scarf meant and what being Muslim meant?
2: Uh, one of them didn't. One of them asked the person that was I was training with, like, what's that girl wearing on her head? Why does she always have a scarf there? And he's like, man, where are you? Like, where are you living? Where do you come from? <laughs> <laughs> and so with this man, actually, I didn't really have major issues, but I kind of felt like he always um, looked at me weird. He never greeted me when I came in, when he came into the office, like he'd greet other people. But, um, I'm not a bitter person, so because I know people are afraid of what they don't understand or they don't know. so I tried to clarify mm-hmm. the picture for him. Um, I tried to have like one-on-one conversations with him on the construction site. Um, if he didn't say good morning, I would say good morning to him just to show him like yeah. like I'm nice, I'm no different mm-hmm. than you are you know like why right, are you right. me? Even for other construction workers on the site, so the first week everyone was looking at me were like She's a, other than she's a girl, other than she's tiny, she's also <laughs> Muslim, you know? like, who is this person on mm-hmm. site? And they can barely take, um, they can barely take commands from a man, like project coordinator, let yeah, alone yeah. a Muslim female. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was getting weird glances, um, but I don't like, it doesn't affect me. It just mm-hmm. gives me a goal of trying mm-hmm. to let them get to know me better and clarifying things For them, I even got into like um, mild religion uh, conversations with them just to open their eyes on uh, misrepresentations that they have, misinterpretations. And yeah, after two weeks, I had everyone honking their horn horn and saying hi to me as they passed by. It was a major... That's
1: amazing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It it goes to show
0: that, um, you know, we're often afraid of the unknown and we have to be aware of that, you know, if people don't know what my religion means then of course they're going to be afraid um, and Mm -hmm. they're going to find me different Um, so making that more normalized I think is is what you did and it's very important
2: Um, I think it's all our duty to do that actually don't -hmm. don't hide away in your shell show them what you're actually made of
0: especially as Muslims living in the west Mm -hmm. Um, Zainab what is your final piece of advice for our listeners
2: my final piece of advice um, is so for people in engineering majors that haven't graduated yet or will graduate maybe in the next year, if you get the opportunity to actually uh, gain experience in the field, don't put it off. I know a lot of my uh, friends or people that I know, um, including myself, even I'm like, I, we don't want to waste time. We just want to graduate. I don't want to be left behind. All my friends are going to graduate early. No, Take that internship, do that co-op, get that experience, because it will help you so, so much when you actually graduate and are looking for a job. Um, those companies that you intern for, like you have a really big chance of getting hired by them after. So don't ever be scared like, oh, I'm going to be late, because what's, mm-hmm. what's a year of being late in front of having to look for a job for two, mm-hmm. three, four years when you're yeah confident right. yeah, anymore? So that's my piece of advice. <laughs> thank you so I much. I thought this one's really important.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much, Sister Zainab. So, you'll be coming back at the end. Um, we're going to bring both of our panelists back together at the end to ask questions to each other. Um, but next, we want to introduce Salman Bimji, again, a mechanical engineering student at Penn State University. So, let's bring in Salman. Salam alaikum. How are you, Salman? Thank you, Salman. Salam. Salam. How are you?
3: Thank you, Salman.
1: Good, alhamdulillah. So, so um, I guess the first question is, um, why engineering? And I think you were telling me this story and it has something to do with Umwaja games. So that should be interesting to hear. Oh, that's a cool story.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I took a couple of classes in high school um, for engineering and it really clicked. I loved how, um, just what engineering was about, specifically mechanical engineering. I love to see how like systems operate and things work and the inside of things, you know? Uh, But one of the things that really strengthened my love for engineering is actually because of one of the emoji games that happened in Detroit, Mm -hmm. in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And it gave me the opportunity to visit um, actually the General Motors headquarters. So that was a really good experience. Um, I was mesmerized, you know, I did like a, a, we did, we looked at the ground floor there, and there were cars on display, and it seemed like just such an amazing place to work. And quickly, it became my dream to, like, someday, you know, get to that position. So I think that really strengthened my love for engineering.
0: Well, Salman, you are currently in your first um, semester in engineering,
3: correct? Well, Can you uh, tell this us... This spring will be my...
0: Yeah.
1: This is going to be... You're about to start,
0: semester. so... Oh, it's, yes. a, it's your second semester. Okay. Um, so can you tell us how your first semester went and what you are, how are you preparing differently for your second semester?
3: Uh, my first semester was pretty good. The classes mm-hmm. were a bit basic, but I did have an intro to engineering class, which I enjoyed. Um, coming up, though, uh, I don't have any engineering classes, but um, I'm going to have a physics class, which is pretty exciting since I had chemistry last year. And um, I'm just really finishing my requirements and uh, preparing for the future engineering classes ahead.
1: Okay, so um, can you just tell us, with your first semester of college, how did time management work? Like, how was the workload, and, and how did you balance it?
3: Yeah, sure so time management was like one of the biggest changes uh that i experienced Mm -hmm. in the transition from high school to college um i always heard of how big time management is i didn't really realize that until i was in the college environment so uh time management is like key because there are just so many things going on so um, I quickly learned to utilize my calendar, you utilize a schedule so that mm-hmm. I can keep everything on track and you know not fall behind. Because once you fall behind, it's yeah. really hard to get back
1: mm-hmm. on track. Right, right. So it doesn't have to be like a, a super elaborate solution. It just kind of has to be there and in place and consistent, I guess.
0: And I think it has to work right. for Simple you because every single person yeah. yeah, works differently. definitely. Um, I feel like I think there's like a little bit of a lag, which is why some of our questions are cutting uh, Salman off. And (laughs) so we're sorry for that. But um, can you tell us a bit about your hobbies outside of school?
3: Sorry, could you repeat the question, please?
0: Yes, I was saying, can you tell us a little bit about your hobbies outside of school?
3: Sure. Um, I don't have a ton of hobbies at the moment with COVID, but um, during the <laughs> summer when I'd had a little bit more time, um, I was hiking. Uh, I think the pandemic gave my family and I uh, an opportunity to go outside more and connect as a family. So we definitely did a lot of hiking. Um, Mm-hmm. I'm in Pennsylvania. We have a beautiful, you know, nature scene here. We have forests, mm-hmm. so we yeah. really enjoy hiking. Um, I love. And how about?
1: I think you were telling me about your your business that you're working on starting. And tell us a bit more about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's always been my dream to uh, have a business. I do love en- as much as I do love engineering. Um, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, at the end of the day, I do want to work for myself. So I've been oh, okay. really trying to get like, into the business arena and starting my own business. I'm in the really early stages, so I have no clue what I'm going to be doing, but um, I've definitely been researching and trying to learn more about what it takes to become a business owner.
1: Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> your private pilot's license, too. I think at the beginning... Yeah, I really want to know about that. Together. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool <laughs> and
3: where wow. also by the way <laughs> that's been my dream for so long like mm-hmm. ever since i've you know been flying i've always been interested in planes uh my dad and i and even my brother we'd go like plane watching the plane spotting at the airport and it's just and then eventually like i wanted to be a pilot obviously you know as a child but oh <laughs> once i realized that uh you know, it's not the best lifestyle for the life I want to live. Yeah. So, the next mm-hmm. best thing is, like, getting your own private license. And I did all the research. I figured out it is actually feasible. Like, it's not crazy hard. And with uh-huh. um, a background in mechanical engineering, it's actually a little bit easier since you understand how wow. um, the components would work. Mm-hmm. So, the cost is around, like, $10,000. So, yeah. I'm holding it up for a little bit. But I have definitely downloaded, like, the official um the faa handbook and i'm and i am kind of going through that trying to get ahead a little bit. yeah trying to self-teach as much as i can before formal training
0: and it's it's cool you bring that up because the other day i saw this girl on i think it was instagram tiktok i don't know but she actually owns her own plane and she's uh you know she has her own license for a pilot's license so it's really cool um and it shows that it's possible Um, One question that actually comes to mind is, would you think about going into aerospace engineering later?
3: So aerospace engineering was actually one of the like minors or specializations that that I was originally interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, I still am. It's Mm -hmm. just that um, there are some ethical issues, especially as a Muslim and working in the defense sector. Mm -hmm. So if I did go into aerospace, I would probably go into the commercial um, arena or um, space, Mm -hmm. space Mm -hmm. research, space propulsion, rockets, stuff like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. um, So I don't know if you want to talk about the podcast, but I think um, we've already talked enough about your activities, but do you want to tell us a bit more about that? If not, that's okay. (laughs)
3: I'll quickly mention it um sure. so i have a newfound interest in islamic uh philosophy um and okay. i began i began starting a book by um, Ayatollah um mm-hmm. it's called man and universe i believe and i really wanted to share that information with the rest of the islamic community so i thought why mm-hmm. not create a podcast i'm working on it currently it's not the first episode hasn't even been released but if you're interested um, the, the podcast has been released. There's just no episodes. It's called Muslimic, and it's available basically anywhere. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, mm-hmm. you can find it. You can subscribe, and Inshallah, the first episode should be up in a few weeks or so.
0: Inshallah, that's very Sounds interesting. interesting. Um, it's like a you're bringing forward that Muslim Islamic perspective in regular context, basically.
3: Yeah, Islamic philosophy. I think that's mm-hmm. a topic that's not really discussed a lot. Yeah. And, I'm interested in it,
0: so why not? I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, can you let us you know? Let us know your final piece of advice. Um, is, you know, it could be for someone who is pursuing different things that may, may seem impossible. I mean, you want to get your pilot's license, you started a podcast, you're building your own business. So that's a lot of uh, you know, it takes a lot of initiative. Um, or for someone who is going into engineering in their first uh, year.
3: Definitely. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that might be interested in some of the things I am. So my advice to you, um, for engineering at least, is get involved with your university. Those emails that, um, that you receive by your school, um, you might take those for granted once you get like 20 a day, but open each one up and <laughs> there might be that one event that there's only like 30 kids that go to that might change your life, build connections, and mm-hmm. one of those might turn into like a job opportunity or something that um, could take you really, really far. So that's my advice to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: thank great you, advice.
0: Sh- thank you so much, Salman.
3: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: And now we are in our final segment of this show. Um, we're going to be bringing Zainab and Salman together. Assalamu yeah. alaikum, both of you. Thank you, so much. So we're excited to have this part of the segment, which is uh, more like the mentor mentorship uh, kind of thing where, you know, we can hear both of your um, advice to each other or questions that you had throughout the show. Um, and we also have a couple questions from Inspire, I think, uh, Imran, we have those.
1: Um, I think we do. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I think we can pull up one of those questions. Yeah, so- um, but. Can you, do you guys have any questions for each other that you had during the show?
2: I wanted to ask him about going to aerospace engineering also, but you asked him about that. But (laughs) um, I also want to ask, I know I have friends that are in mechanical that I think did like a year of aerospace or something, but they work in um, like aircraft companies, like companies that manufacture aircraft motors and stuff like that. Is that something that, is that like where you want to end up with in your mechanical engineering degree?
3: So I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, Another field that I am interested in is materials engineering, but um, that would be really interesting. And yeah, you can definitely work at an aircraft uh, company of any sort with a mechanical engineering degree. So you don't really need Mm -hmm. an aerospace degree. Okay,
0: cool. Good to know. So I okay. think we can pull um, up one of our INSPIRE questions yeah. right now. So
1: we have one question on INSPIRE, we don't have it in the slideshow yet, so on I here, apologize yes. for that. Yeah, but um, the question that someone had asked is, um, can you just talk about the importance of and, and um, the concept of engineering ethics? So I engineering,
2: I think I think Salman would be more familiar with this. Probably took it in his a course in his first year. <laughs> I took it like six years ago. <laughs> um, I guess there's a whole course on that that you have to take in uni, mm-hmm. and it's basically so like for Zainab,
0: how is it applied in real life? Maybe that that question is more for you.
2: So I haven't been um, very deep into my job yet, so I haven't mm-hmm. been put in any, any situations. it's basically like um don't be bribed like don't accept bribes um they might they tell you what like what category bribes go under Mm -hmm. um if if like safety is a huge issue you know if you have like just one percent doubt that something isn't safe no make sure it is um like don't use cheap materials just so you can make money for your company or for your pocket it's basically logical things that Deep inside, you will know if it's ethical or not. (laughs) But those are a few examples.
3: One of the examples that uh, my engineering teacher gave me for ethics uh, that Sister Zainab described perfectly was the Challenger mission that NASA had. Um, As we know what happened to the Challenger, it blew up. uh, That was all because of one uh, bolt in NASA's incompetence to go over and give it a final check because they wanted to... um, Launch at a certain date, and if they didn't, it would cost them maybe mm-hmm. a couple extra whatever dollars. But because of that incompetence, many people lost their lives. So yeah, mm-hmm. ethics is definitely a big role in engineering.
2: Yeah, just because someone might be a little lazy, just goes like, yeah, it will, that will pass. It's yeah. okay. It's one bolt. It's just one reinforcement. No, but it has major damage. Mm.
1: So I wanted to ask you um, both. This is for any either of you. Um, how do you try to connect or what connections do you see be- between Islam and engineering?
0: Yeah. And I think um, really quickly, Zainab, you are—you mentioned being, you know, um, that visible Muslim woman on the field. Um, and Salman, when we asked about aerospace engineering, you said, you know, there's a bit of, you were iffy about it, you know, because you are a Muslim mm-hmm. man, right? Um, so if you guys can expand on that a little bit.
2: You go first, Salman. <laughs> But those are yeah, those I think we gave two really good examples. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah.
3: Yeah, um I don't want to get in trouble for this, but um okay. just I'll just, say no, just on their mind. go ahead. <laughs> Working in the defense sector as a as a Muslim person, man or a woman, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself, mm-hmm. you're creating um weapons technology for this government. Where is it gonna mm-hmm. go? How's it gonna be used? who's gonna get killed in that process mm. it's, it's personal i mean i don't know i don't think there's fatwas on this i don't know do your own research with your you know uh with your their but like just think about what you're doing and how's it going to be used and what the impact of the technology you're developing is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all
2: so for somebody it was more like yeah for him it was more like future wise look at the greater impact like don't look at just this moment um, how it's going to affect you and your people in the future. For me it's more the right now mm-hmm. the more like um, I'm in a position where I'm meeting people that know nothing about me and
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, what I am represents completely my lifestyle my way of life which is a Muslim person.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I have to let them get to know that better and I was actually having this discussion with one of the foremen on site and we were talking about how, because he was telling me a story about racism and how someone got fired from the job because of something like a racist thing. And I got to telling him how I find it that it's my duty and others like me in positions like this when they have this conversation to show people that like the good side of us, well, the good that we have. So it, maybe if I had an effect on one person, this person is going to affect on have an effect on how they raise their family, and then their children they're going to be affected also by their parents' views, and that's how it spreads and how it becomes something good. And also another thing that has nothing to do with um how I am mm-hmm. or how a Muslim person is um is just making it something common for Muslim people to be in this field, you know, yeah. so, that, so, yeah. that, so that they have these future connections and way of getting access to these jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially in terms of mm-hmm. men- mentorship, right? Um, which is something that is actually inspired—sorry, uh, offered on the Inspire app. So mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. can sign up as mentors and people can connect with you and ask questions directly through there, um, which is an amazing opportunity because we don't have that many, you know, especially Shia Muslims within these fields, um, right. which is nice to have that experience as well. All right. Well, thank you so much to both of you for um, this amazing show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, and I think our viewers did as well.
2: Thank you so much yes. for having thank us. You it was so nice
1: to meet me, Yeah. Our pleasure. <laughs> um, so join us next week um, for another episode of our talk show. Next week is going to be the second episode of Community Voice. So if you remember mm-hmm. from from two weeks back, we had Marfa on next week. We are going to have another amazing Shia uh, organization to, um, to focus on.
0: And community voice is just a way to bring together, um, just bring more awareness about these uh, different organizations that are around Mm -hmm. us um, and give them that spotlight to shine and have a voice basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a cool show and we hope that you tune in next week. Inshallah. Um, Other than that, this was the you Mentor Talk Show hosted by myself, Fatima Al-Sayed, and Imran Der-Rimzi. Um, And we hope that you tune in next week and the week after. Next week on Temp Community Voice and the week after for um, the you Mentor Talk Show, inshallah. Um, you can find and listen to our show on SoundCloud, um, iTunes, and um, there was one more. I always forget it. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. um, and this was... Yeah. From the Emoji Outrage Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.